morning. Happy to be here this morning. And we're glad enjoying this great fellowship around these old songs of faith. We love that, don't you? The Amen Chorus. That's what he is, the Amen. He's got the last word to say. I was sitting over there talking to my old friend, Brother Brown, <clears throat> while the songs was going on. And he said, Brother Brown, i never seen till yesterday what you've been talking about. He said, if people could just get in to what you're speaking about, that every obstacle would move out of the way. That's exactly right. That's right. That's exactly right. If you could just grasp it, you could catch it. Talking to my little friend, Ernie Fandler. I guess some of you out on the hookups will remember Ernie. How he was converted. How he's led to the Lord. He doesn't talk good English, or I'd like to have him come say a word. And he gets his wheeze and wubbies all mixed up. He's asked me if I remember the time as a Chano, where he lives. The man died right in the meeting. Dropped over his seat dead. Luther. We had everybody keep quiet, spoke the word of the Lord over him, he come back to life. Come on, They've never got over that once it's come back again. I understood that in France this morning, there's better than 2,000 Frenchmen on a several-day fast that will come to bring the message to France. In France, the whole Protestant nation, um, Protestant part of the nation of France. And so we are, it just began blooming now, just begin. The shucks pulling away so the wheat can lay out there now. So just keep reverent, keep praying. See, remember, they that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. Now there's, I was getting pretty old, and I thought, will I, will there be another revival? I'll see another time. And just remember, from the west will come a white horse rider. Amen. We'll ride this trail again. It's a promise. Now. I want to say to Brother Leo, uh, I was talking about uh, Brother Woods last night, his brother being here. Brother Leo, if you and the little group is hooked in up there this morning, Sister Mercer, your father is here. I seen him last night. He's uh, around here in the building somewhere, and uh, he looks fine and dandy. The morning he was healed up at the tabernacle, there was two major cancer cases, real dying, and both of them was healed, and her father, an elderly man, and a heart attack was brought out to the glory of God. And he's in the meeting here somewhere. I can't see him amongst the crowd now, but he was here last night. Greetings to all of you out across the land. We're here in this wonderful place of the live tabernacle. Here at Shreveport was a whole jammed out crowd for a Sunday school. You know, if I lived in Shreveport, not saying nothing against anybody, but this would be the place I'd come to church at, right here at the live tabernacle. This is not a denomination. Amen. The Life Tabernacle is today is an interdenominational tabernacle. They come out of the denomination because they accepted me and this message I preach. Brother Jack Moore, my brother and friend, he was taken from the denomination because he associated with me. And so I think he deserves some credit. <laughs> That's right. God bless him and hold up his hands in prayer and and believe with him. And now, Sister Moore, I don't see her anywhere. She, yes, back here. She looks like a little girl sitting with her this morning. All of this uh, dressed up new in this, looked like an Easter outfit. <laughs> it looks, uh, Brother Jack didn't even know her himself. Now, nah, nah, Sister Moore. 
We sure miss Anna Jean and Don and all of them. Glad to meet Brother Nolan, the one of the associate chair, and Brother Ernie. I asked him yesterday if he had sang that Amen. I've got it on a record, and I wore the thing out. Just listen over it. Amen. I think he's got a voice for that beats any of them. And little Judy, I noticed her. The two, they look just like brother and sister, don't they? The husband and wife. Look at the, each of them. See why they're just looking like <laughs> And really a lovely little couple. That's, uh, you know, that's Brother Palmer that's just climbed the golden stairs. That's his daughter and son-in-law. And that's, uh, she is certainly a contribution to his well-training of a child. And he's got others, too, married ministers also, and these are the evangelists on their field and others. So it's just great. I haven't seen Sister Palmer, really. I don't know where I know her, if I've seen her or not. She's... Somewhere, of course, in the meeting, back in the bank. God bless you, Sister Palmer. My heart shakes every time I think of it. Brother Palmer just climbed the steps a few minutes until I got the message that he was gone. I just couldn't believe it. Billy called me. Somebody had got a hold. They know we were such lovely friends. And um, to know that he was gone, it was really shaking. But we all got to go, regardless of who we are. We must go one by one. But there's only one thing. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the full duty of man. Ecclesiastes 12. Now, I, I haven't got too much time for this Sunday school lesson, and I'm hoarse. Say, Brother Perry Green done a noble thing. You heard me say last night I missed my little piece of hair to keep me... He called out there and tried to get somebody flying in for me. I said, you're too late. <laughs> I'm already hoarse. I tried for years to uh, find some accomplishment, but when I got that, it cured it. But I forgot this time, so I'm a little bit hoarse. So you bear with me, if you will, in speaking. Now, how many like Sunday school? Oh, my. That's right. It's a good thing to send your children to. No, let me correct that. A good thing to bring your children to. To bring your children. You come also. How many knows how Sunday school was first originated? Where was it originated? England. What was it called first? Ragged school. That's right. Called ragged school. Is I forget the man's name now that established it. What was his name? That's right. Exactly right. And he got the little fellows off the street that was ragged and wouldn't have no place to go and very bad and he, brought them in and started giving them lessons on the Bible, and it's grown to one of the greatest orders of the church nearly today, Sunday school. It's good to go. Be sure to come, bring your children. I think the tabernacle here has teachers, equipped rooms, ages, and so forth. You new converts that just come into Christ, follow right on along the message. Come here at the Life Tabernacle, and they'll do you good. Now, tonight we're going to have an old-fashioned prayer line. We're going to just pray for the sick the way we used to. Brother Jack, Brother Brown. I remember seeing Brother Brown try to give out those prayer cards and how him being a ministry himself and in those days in an organization that they put pressure on him. You know, I'm your brother in this thing. You know, you got to get me up there. <laughs> oh, he sort of had a hard time, but stayed just as true as true could be. Brother Brown is one fine man. And so we love him. And as... I see all of us, the three of us, getting creeping up towards the age, the end. Uh, it would be a very sad thing 
if we didn't have place within us that great thing, what we know is true. We're just fixing to turn back one of these days, back to our young manhood again, to never our bodies transformed, made into his likeness, the sense, for when this earthly tabernacle of our habitation be dissolved, there's one already waiting. And the thankful part of it, dear friends, that the dear Lord Jesus, you who trust me to tell you the truth, the dear Lord Jesus, one morning, about eight o'clock, let me see that land. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't a vision. Well, I don't want to say that. Uh, ever what it was. It was just as real as I'm speaking to you here. Now, I've seen the faces of those people. And I couldn't recognize them. They turned back young again. And it was just real. I'd hold their hands and things just as real. And it helped me because I used to have an idea when a person died, just their soul went off. But then when he quoted that to me, that if this earthly tabernacle of our habitation be, we already have one. And we've got to have everything in threes to make a perfection. See, and there's one body here, then that body there, which is the, the celestial body, and then the glorified body in the resurrection. See, that makes it complete. So it's, a, it's not a myth. It's not an idea. It's not a spirit. It is a man and a woman like you are, just exactly. And then years ago, I seen the regions of the lost and was there. I tell you, friend, as an old man, let me persuade you this across the nation this morning. Don't never want to view that place. There's no way at all that I could, if I was an artist with a brush, I couldn't paint the picture. As a minister, I couldn't describe to you. Talk about hell being a burning place. It's a million times worse than that. The horrors that goes with it. And heaven, or this place, wherever it was, I don't know what to call it. He referred to it there as souls under the altar. But when it was, I have never, there's no way to explain how great that is. There is, now you just have to take my word of just a man. See? But these visions has always come to pass just as I've told you. And you know that everyone has been true. Amen. That is true also. Amen. Whatever you do, if you miss everything else, health, strength, your eyesight, whatever it is, don't miss that. There's nothing can compare with it. It's, there's, no, there's no word in the English language that I know that could express it. If you'd say perfect, it's beyond that. Suburbs, it's beyond that. There's no, there's no words that I know that could express it because it was so... And then to think that isn't the end of it yet. I thought, me be afraid to come to this? I said, do you eat? But not here. We don't eat here, but when we go back to earth, we'll receive a body we eat in. Well, I could feel them. They're just like that, see? And they, I said, well, you have, oh, yes, they have a body. It's just not a myth. It's a body. We know one another. They all know me. We're hugging me. Millions of them. And I said, well, I want to see him who brought me here. He said, you can't see him now. You have to wait. I said, why would you put me on up here? said, you were a leader in life. And I said, you mean all them's Branham's? He said, no, that's your converts to Christ. I looked around, and then all the hard nights, the trials passed away. And I could see their faces. 
the young woman run up there, one of the most beautiful women, and she just threw her arms around me and said, Precious brother. And when she passed by, now she was a woman. So, but in there, they'll never be seen. Our glands are changed there. We won't raise children no more there. See, see, all the same. What makes the difference? The sensation. That's the reason I don't believe in dancing on the floor. No man, uh, before God in my Bible, I've lived clean as that way through my life when I was a little boy, all through my young manhood. Any girl I ever went out with, I can walk right back to the judgment with her. See, but there's no man. I don't care who you are, can let a, a woman and the make of a woman hug herself up close to you. If you're a true healthy man, it's a sensation. But it wasn't there. There's no glands. You're all the same glands. Just pure, unadulterated, sisterly and brotherly love. More it would be for your, even for you, hug your own little daughter. See? Your own daughter, yet she's, male, she's female and you're male. See? It could create something, but there it can't. Sin is done. It's all over. Real, just real, holy love. And I looked at that woman. There looked like millions of them there. And they all long hair, white garments down. And, I, and this one that was talking to me said, Don't you recognize her? I said, No, I said, She is in her 90s when you led her to Christ. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Just no way of ever explaining what it is. Just take my word if you believe me. Be sure to make, burn every bridge of the world behind you. I believe the church is beginning to hear the message and begin to understand. But friends, listen, we've got to lay in the presence of the Son. We've got to be ripened. Our, our faith isn't right. Intellectually, we're hearing the message that God has given us and seeing the signs that He showed us and proven it by the Bible. It's that. But oh, how the church needs to lay in His presence until it tenders up, you know. Get sweet in the spirit so that it can bathe down. Sometimes in speaking the message, you get harsh, have to break it in like that because you've got to clinch a nail to make it whole. But when the church once gets it, the elected is called out and separated, then in the presence of God, I know it'll be something like the people was there when it takes its rapture. I was going to speak this morning on the rapture, but I just don't have enough voice to do it. And so you... Bear with me a little while while I want to speak on the subject of God's only provided place of worship. Now, that's a great big text. So let us pray now. And out across the lands this morning, wherever you are, bow your heads just a few moments. Be real sincere now. We are approaching the Word of God, which is God in a letter form great author of this book. It is a seed, we are taught, that a sower sowed. So said the author. Now, we do realize that a seed will grow if it's in the right kind of ground. So, Father, will you this morning take all the briars and thistles and unbelief and skeptic thoughts out of our hearts that the Word of God might grow freely, watered by the Spirit in our hearts, that we might become the people of God. Granted, Father, that's our hearts. Not only to we who have recognized this, but may there be others throughout the country, each one's heart burning with love and tenderness, will go to try to win the lost brother, the lost sister. 
grant it today, God. We're looking wholly to you, for you are our guide and our Lord. So we pray that you'll direct us in your word today and give us of thy blessings. Through thy grace and in thy name we ask it. Amen. Now, let's take for a text I want to read from the book of Deuteronomy, the Old Testament. <clears throat> Just for a setting of scripture, I have a few notes I wrote out quickly after I'd come back from breakfast with Brother Vale. I never did get to thank the man over at that uh, hotel or that uh, restaurant until the night had paid for our for our supper. Uh, wife and I, my little girl, uh, was over there, and when I went to pay my bill, somebody had paid it. Ever who it was, I thank you. Said the man that sat on the end of the bench course is the whole group in there that we noticed. Uh, I some kind of a kickapoo, something like that. The uh, place out here, a restaurant we were at. Thank you, ever who it was that did that. Each one of you, God bless you. Now, in 16th chapter of Deuteronomy, it's the Passover observance. So we wish to read about the first few verses, first four, five, six verses here. Observe the month of Abed and keep the Passover. That means April. The Lord thy God, for in the month of this Abed, the Lord thy God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God of the flock and the herd in the place which the Lord shall choose to place his name. Thou shalt eat the eleven bread within it seven days shalt thou eat an eleven bread. Bread wherewith Thou comest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste. Thou mayest remember the, the day when thou comest forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. And there shall not be unleavened bread seen with thee in all thy coast seven days. Neither shall there be anything of the flesh which thou sacrifice the first day at the evening remain all night until the morning. Thou may not sacrifice the Passover within any of the gates which the Lord thy God giveth thee, but at the place which the Lord thy God has chosen to place his name in. There thou shalt sacrifice the Passover at evening, at the going down of the sun, at the season that thou comest forth out of Egypt. Now, may the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. Now, is the microphone got a blur in it? Last night I heard there were, can you hear all right? All over. You can't hear. Is that better? Is this better speaking with the microphones down like this? I'm just a little hoarse, so I'm standing close this morning for that purpose, and I hope that Brother Perry can can get it out there. Can you hear it all right now? I think there's it up. All right. Now, the, play, the thing I want to speak about this morning is that God has only one place that the worshiper can meet God. Only one place. Through the ages, many have sought 
for this secret place of God through all the ages. Even Job wanted to know where he lived at. If I could only go to his house and knock at his door. Job wanted to find God's dwelling place. Because there, God and his family is worshipped together. Like yesterday, in the message yesterday morning, we find out that there is a possibility of a person to worship God in vain with sincere worship. God has all these things fixed out for us, but the thing of it is we have to search to find where they are. Paul told Timothy to search and to, to be uh, in season and out of season, ready to give a, uh, a word or to the hope that was within him. Now, all these things are in there, and we find, sometimes I like to come to Shreveport where we just have about two or three weeks just to take 30 minutes a night and just on a teaching. See, just stay right in the Word, these secret passages, see, where we could find out just how to get in. And you just watch. You follow God's direction. There's only one key to each door. That's right. And no other key, no matter how much it looks like it, God has no skeleton key. Just got one key. And now you've got to have that key or the door won't unlock. No matter how sincere you are, you still can't unlock that door. Now, how many was it yesterday's breakfast at early morning? All right? I think most, at least 90% of you more. To background this, what I'm going to say, David was anointed king, anointed of God, the greatest king Israel ever had outside of the Lord Jesus, which is God, the anointed one. David is his son, or Jesus is David's son, according to the lineage, the flesh. And he's to sit on David's throne as one inherits like the... the Prince always inherits the king's throne. Notice, now that David being anointed, yet with the anointing he did, he got out of the will of the Lord with that anointing. And all the people not taking the run of the scripture are the key to this revelation. All them anointed too, they all together shouting and praising God for a thing that looked exactly right. To bring the Word of God back to the house of God. But David was king, not prophet. He, there was a prophet in the land to do it by, and God dishonored the whole move because they never used the right key. The door didn't unlock. Now, we must remember that and keep that in mind. There is everything of God. One certain way is to be done. And that settles it. Now, there God has a one certain church that He meets the people in. And He will receive you in that church and no other church. I've said this because I've been so many times misunderstood and people has told me 
I say, are you a Christian? I'm Baptist. Are you a Christian? I'm a Methodist. Are you a Christian? I'm a Pentecostal. Now see, that doesn't mean one thing to God. You're just probing with the wrong key. But there is a right key. There is one where God, God never promised to meet you as a Methodist or as a Baptist or a Pentecostal or no other denomination. He don't even consider the denomination. They're against him. On that long message, I'll get that to Tabernacle pretty soon. And then Brother Jack will hear it. And then you can see what you want to do about it because it'll be taped. Now, people act like that God is obligated just to meet them on the basis of their theology. Now, people act like that. They won't associate even with one another. The Trinity or the Pentecost won't associate with the oneness, neither will the oneness associate with the Trinity. The Methodists won't with the uh, Baptists because one is a legalist and the other is a Calvinist. So they have no fellowship at all. And they wind the people's minds around so bad that they're even against one another. I went to pray some time ago in a hospital room. There's a lady laying there very sick, going under an operation. They expect her to die. Another lady laying there, I was called to pray for her. I said to her, would you mind just a moment if I pray? And she said, pull that curtain. And I said, uh, I'm sorry. I said, I was just going to ask prayer. She said, pull that curtain. I said, yes, ma'am. Her and her son sitting there, a regular little Ricky look. And I said, well, uh, aren't you a Christian? She said, we are Methodists. I said, well, I never asked you that. I asked you if you're a Christian. And uh, so... She said, pull that curtain, see, because somebody that wasn't a Methodist was going to offer prayer for a dying woman, which she was too, but because it wasn't associated in her own organization, she didn't even want to hear it or had nothing to do with it. If that ain't a Pharisee, I never seen one. Wait till you hear the trail of the serpent. All right. Now, think now that their denomination is the only one that registers with God. God won't hear you unless you're a Methodist or a Baptist or a, a Trinity or a Oneness or something like that. That's wrong. And that's my purpose. But if there is such a, a desire in people's minds and hearts to be right, I don't believe the woman done it because, or anybody else, a Methodist wouldn't raise up and take up for the Methodist church because he, he knew it was wrong. The man thinks it's right. I don't believe a trinity would condemn a oneness or a oneness of trinity in Pentecost because he wants to be different. He thinks he's right. And you must respect his ideas. You know, the blanket stretches both ways. But remember, in all that, if there's something in a man's heart or a woman's heart that they believe that that is right, then there's got to be somewhere that is right. As I've often said, when the deep calls to the deep, there's got to be a deep to respond to that call. You know, we've been told that, that a seal once walked upon the bank of the, of the sea with legs. But now he doesn't have legs. They turned into flaps because he could had need of the flaps when he took it from the, the land, a fur-bearing animal, 
to the sea, nature formed him some flaps instead of legs because he could swim more than he did of his walking. I can't think of this great man now uh, went to the South Pole. What was his name? Bird. They say that he had colts made for some cattle on this exposition. That he'd taken the cattle for milk and he made fur coats to keep them cattle from freezing to death. But when he got there, they didn't need any fur coat. Nature had grown them one. See? Why? Before there was a fin on a fish's bank, there had to be a water for him to swim in or he'd never had a fin. There, before there was a tree to grow in the earth, there had to be an earth first for it to grow in it or there'd be no tree. So you see, as long as there's something in the human heart a calling for something. There's got to be something out there to respond to satisfy that call. A woman, an autopsy was held here some time ago on a woman that died. And the reason they claimed it killed her, she eat onions so constantly all the time. If she wasn't eating onions, her head would be itching and everything, they couldn't make it out. So holding the autopsy, they found a growth in the woman of some kind of cells. They had a, a name for it. And they could take that growth and put it in a bowl of onions and it dissolved the onions overnight. See? What was it? It was something in the woman a calling for onions. And if there had been no onions, there'd have been no growth. In other words, there has to be a creator first before there can be a creation. See? Now, if in the human heart there is a longing, like Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, all these others, trying to find that one true way. And they're told by their priests and pastors and so forth that this is a true way. They say the priest says there's no salvation outside the Catholic Church. Well, each church takes the, their own idea. Some of them won't admit it, but they do it by their action. Your action speaks louder than your words. It's just, and otherwise, they're just more of a hypocrite than the Catholic is. The Catholic confesses right out, I believe that this is the only thing. But they won't do that. Well, they hide it, but their actions prove what they're thinking. Okay? Now, there's got to be then one place because there is a desire in the human heart to find it. And I think that the Word of God has an answer for everything that we have need of. So God has the answer. And let's search for it now in the Scriptures. And then if God will show us by the Scriptures, the only place, the only grounds, the only denomination, if it's so, the only way that God will meet a man, then we should hold to that. Because we found the truth of the Bible, what it says. Now the word Deuteronomy, the word itself means Two laws. The word Deuteronomy. And God has two laws. The two laws, one of them is disobedient to the word and die. And the other is obedience to the word and live. That's the two laws. And Deuteronomy means those two laws. They have both been absolutely displayed to us in the Scripture. One of them is death. The other one 
is life. Life and death. God deals only in life, Satan only in death. And these was displayed to the world. Publicly, openly, before ever I, and there's no excuse for us. One of them was displayed on Mount Sinai when the law was given which condemned the whole human race to death. The other was given on Mount Calvary that brought the whole human race to life when the penalty was paid in Jesus Christ. The two laws of Deuteronomy was fulfilled and these two great things. I want you to notice again there was also two covenants given. One covenant was given to Adam which was on conditions like law if you will not touch this, then you will live. But if you touch this, you will die. That was a law. Then there was another law given to Abraham, which was by grace, unconditionally. I have saved you and your seed. That is a type of Calvary. Not the type of, of, of uh, Adam covet. It's an Abrahamic covenant. But now, we hear him say, there is only one place where he will meet man to worship. We read it right here in the text. We'll refer to it back in a few minutes. Then if there's only one place that God meets man, we'd better be very careful. Now let's lay aside our traditions this morning. And in this Sunday school lesson, and be very sure that we find that one place. Because God has said here, He will not receive you in any other place. Any other church He won't receive you in, only in His church. It's the only place He'll receive you. Now, what you say, Brother Branham, if I'm sincere? No. Remember, Jesus talked to some sincere people, the worshiper for his day, and he said, In vain do you worship me. True, genuine worship. From the bottom of their hearts. In vain do you worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of man. Or the denominational creed. Sincere, reverently, just as religious as they can be. And that wasn't new just with the Pharisees. Cain and Abel, the first two worshipers that was born, natural birth here on earth, absolutely came in the same attitude. Cain was just as religious as Abel was. They both built altars. They both loved God. They both made sacrifices. They both worshipped. They both paid tithe. They both done everything just alike. But Abel, by faith, which is the revelation, the Word of God, revealed, made plain, showed out, and vindicated. Glory. Cain made an offering, but God didn't vindicate it. God required worship, and Cain made the offering, but God didn't vindicate it. But by the true channel, you say, well, my church is... It. My, wait just a minute. God interprets His own Word. By its terms that is spoken. See, Cain said, I am religious. I am a lover of my maker. I offer to thee this fine altar. I offer you this sacrifice. I build all these things up, Lord, because I love you. 
Abel said the same thing. Now, it's the one that's vindicated. The one that's proven. And God come down and received Abel's sacrifice because by revelation, he had struck the true channel of God that was accepted. Now, watch that keen spirit come right down through the Scripture, right on to this very last day. Fundamental, just as fundamental as the other ones. Look at the prophet Balaam and the prophet Moses. Both of them with seven altars, Jehovah's altars, blood on each one. And not only that, but rams on each one. In numerology, exactly the right number, seven, perfect, seven rams, just exactly like both altars. As fundamental as one was, the other was also. But who did God vindicate? The one that was in his word. Fundamental doesn't mean too much. It's the revelation of God. Now think, these men, why was they called and was put in this condition? These Pharisees by Jesus said, in vain you worship me. Worship him. Genuine worship. True worship from the heart. You, in vain you worship me. Why? Teaching. For doctrine, the tradition of man. Therefore, you make the commandments of God of no effect to the people. If I taught you a Methodist message, it would take no effect on you. This is bride time. If Moses taught the message of Noah, it would take no effect. If Jesus taught Moses' message, it would take no effect. Because the predestinated seed are laying there that will only be watered by that type of water that's given for that seed. It won't grow any other conditions. It must be the conditions that grows it. Now, you can take a chicken egg and put it in an incubator which should be under a hen, but it'll hatch anyhow. Put it under a pup, it would hatch. It's the warmness, the conditions that makes it hatch. So it has to be under conditions. You could take a good live egg and put it under a dead hen, it won't hatch. It's a condition. Well, that's the way it is in this age that we're living in. You've got to find what is God's way of doing it for this age. That's what Martin Luther found. That's what John Wesley found. That's what the Pentecostals found in their age. God's age in time to do it. Now, the Pentecostals, that brother, one, I believe his, one of his eyes was out, a colored brother, who really started the Pentecostal message in California, the old Azusa Street. He was laughed at because he was a Negro. He was made fun of. But he brought a message for that age. Just a little body of fellow could hardly sign his own name. But the Lord had revealed to him that this was the age for the restoration of those gifts. And it come. No matter what said, it's come. But everybody got in the atmosphere of it and seen it was that age and seen God vindicating those people couldn't speak with tongues and so forth. It happened. But then when he went and pinned it down to this is the only evidence that killed it. Amen. Go right on. See. That did it. Then they started separating this, that, and making denominations, and one's coming on the cloud and the other's coming in the bush. And, oh my. 
There it goes. That's what denominations do. God is not an author of denomination because denomination is babbling and he's not the author of confusion. We see our own. You don't have to be even intellectual to see that. It's babbling. Tradition. Think of it, sincere people. Now, still because they believe that, there still needs to be one sincere place where God meets. Now notice verse 2. Worship in the place that I have chosen. The sacrifice, of course, where they worshiped or the sacrifice. The place that I chose, not what you chose, what man chose, but what I have chosen. You worship in this place. There shows there's then only one place. Others is vain. It must be not of your choice, but it must be his choice. Well, I don't have to go to the church. You are so narrow-minded. Why, you even fuss at women about preaching, uh, uh, women about bobbing the hair, men about these other things. Why, you're so narrow-minded. All right, you don't have to take God's way about it. You're going out where they do that at. And you'll find out it's in the Scripture so in vain do they worship me. Jesus spoke of the same thing. See? That every little job, everything, you must be faithful in. It's always the little, the little vine, the little, the little fox that spoils the vine. Sometimes you leave, it's not the big things you do, it's the little things you leave undone. Remember, a chain is only as strongest as its weakest link. Blessed are they that do all the commandments of God, that they might have a right to enter in. Do all God said. If it said for women to have long hair, you say, a man told me not long ago, I don't preach a clothesline religion. I said, then you're not preaching the gospel. Amen. God laid it out there. He said what to do. And you either do it. That's your natural, reasonable thing. What little thing, what the little insignificant. Jesus said, blessed are they that would take all the little things. Do the little things. And a woman to let her hair grow. That's just, a, well, that's just something she can do. And she won't even do that. She won't even do that. Or teach us the great things. How can you teach the great things when you won't do the simple things? Because, you see, your motive and your objective is wrong. It's your love to God. Lord, I don't care what you want me to do. I'm willing to do it. Then you're getting somewhere. But if you don't do it that way, well, he said do it. It's his choosing. The place that I have chosen. That's where you worship with your sacrifice. Cain brought his sacrifice. Abel brought his. It depends on what place you take it into. If you take it into the place where he's chosen... It'll be all right. He'll accept it. If it's not, he won't accept it. Don't care. It's the same sacrifice, whatever it is. It's still unrejected unless it's brought to that one certain place. Now we want to find out where we want to bring this sacrifice. We can find out we all want to go to heaven, don't we? And we all know we've done wrong. We all believe that Jesus is the sacrifice. Now we want to know where to take him. It'll be, it'll be accepted. That's the idea. The Bible tells us where to take it. And it'll be accepted. Outside of there, it won't be accepted. Let us notice here also 
the place that he chose for the sacrifice to be laid, the place that he chose to put the sacrifice, you can't put it on any of these gates, but the place that he chose to put it, he also put his name in that place. That's what he said here. He chose to put his name in it. Now let us search the scriptures for this place. For that is the place where he put his name. Now let's read from the text. And I had a little note laying here that I, this morning come to me. Let's take the second verse of this chapter. I don't want to hold too long on account of the people on these hookups out here. Now the second verse of this 16th chapter Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God of thy flocks and thy herd in the place which the Lord shall choose to put his name there. Now you can't take this, your sincerity and all that you want to confess, you just can't take it to the Methodist altar, to a Baptist altar, to a Pentecostal altar. But there is an altar somewhere that he chose that he to put his name in it, and he would meet you at that place. Now, if you get everything running just right, it's going to run. Everything's set in order. If there's a short in that wire, that light won't come on because it's been grounded. When you take one of God's words or one of his places, and in your own heart have selfish objectives, it'll ground the power of God right there. If you do it because you want to be smart, you want to be different from somebody else or something, right there it's grounded. It'll blow the views. You're wrong. You've got to come with sincerity. With all your heart, your motives and your objectives, place right on God. Then search for His place, find where He said it, and bring it there. See? Look at Martha and Mary. When Jesus had come back after he had taught him this gospel, the light of his day, him being Messiah, he was hated and rejected. All the Pharisees and churches despised him. But Lazarus had died, the brother, which was a bosom friend to him. He let him lay down. They sent for him. He didn't even come. But watch Martha, her attitude. She said, Lord if thou would have been here, give him his right title. Lord, capital L-O-R-D. Yahweh. Jehovah. Glory. If thou would have been here, my brother would not have died. Life and death can't associate in the same channel, the same house. Thou would, he would have not have died. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection in life, saith God. When he said, first, thy brother shall live again. She said, yes, Lord. I truly believe that. As a Jewish, I believe that there will be a general resurrection of the dead. And I believe my brother was just as loyal and sincere and worship. And I believe that you are that Messiah that's said in the Bible because... God vindicating His Word in you shows that you're the messenger of this hour. You are that Messiah. I believe that you are that Christ that was to come because your works 
testify that God has sent you here to be that Messiah. Oh, my. What's the cogs begin to come in place now? See? Now, she had a right to say, Why didn't you come raise my brother? Why didn't you heal him? You healed others. Your very best friend. And look what happened. No, no. That kind of objective don't get nowhere. I believe that you're exactly what you're identified in the Scripture to be. I believe this is the day that the Messiah should come. We've been looking for it. I don't care what the rest of them say. I believe with all my heart by what I've seen and heard by the Word that the Word is vindicated in you that you are that Messiah. Amen. See, way down in her, she, she had something to ask for, but she had to come to the right channel. What she right there said, And then you tell me you're that Messiah. And not even the courtesy gentleman enough to even answer our request when we fed you and housed you and everything and took up for you and left our churches as you commanded us to get out of them denominations. And here we've left it. And now we're counted offcast and renegade and everything that we've done for you and then not even the common courtesy to answer my call. Now, actually, she had that right. Like you say about your short hair. I'm an American citizen. I can wear shorts to anything I want to. It's not illegal. That's your right. But a sheep always forfeits its right. Amen. Your lamb. He ain't got nothing but wool. He forfeits that. That's his God-given rights, but he forfeits it. I have a right to join any denomination. That's exactly right. But you forfeit that. She forfeited all that she had rights to, to recognize the Word of God manifested right there before he said, uh, I am the resurrection life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believe us out this? See, there's one more little call she hadn't come in line with. See? Yeah, Lord. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Oh, brother. Everything is ready to spark off right then. See? Where have you laid him? You know what took place? See, you've got to get in that right place before he will receive your sacrifice. Hmm? Got to come into it. Watch. In the place which the Lord shall choose to place his name there. Thou shalt eat no leavened bread in it. What does that typify in the sacrifice? Don't mix it with any creed. Got to be the word. No leaven bread. Leaven is the you know what a leaven is anything. Little leaven leavens the whole lump. Whole lump is the body. You can't put one speck of denomination or creed into Christ. No, sir. It won't work. You remember the last Thursday night's message? Yes, sir. Your old husband must be dead. Right. Your new husband is the Word. Seven days shall thou eat unleavened bread therein. Seven days, what does that typify? The complete seven church ages. Seven days. Why do they have to eat it seven days? Before what? Before going out. And the whole church age from the beginning to the end has to live only on the Word of God of that age. So your Roman creed, Methodist, Baptist, and Pentecostal creed's all dead. 
Watch. Therein. Even the bread of affliction persecuted for it. Luther, Wesley, Pentecostals, all persecuted, and so will you. For thou comest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste. Thou mayest remain the day when, uh, remember the day when thou comest forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. And there shall be no leavened bread seen in, with thee in all thy coast seven days. In the beautiful bride of Christ, after her death through the dark ages by the Roman Empire, that she had to die unless a corn of wheat falls into the ground. The bridegroom had to come, the perfect masterpiece of God. You all heard my message on that. When I stood down in Los Angeles, the forest lawn one day, and my heart jumped. How many has ever been in forest lawn? There is a the statue of Moses by, by Angelo, I believe it is. Michelangelo. And it's a perfect statue, all but on the right knee. There is a nick about a half inch deep. And the guide, I was looking and he pointed out to me. He said, Michelangelo has spent a lifetime of trying to, to make, he was a sculpture. And he was trying to make the image of Moses. Back in his mind, he had in mind what Moses should look like. He had that in his heart, what Moses should look like. And then he spent his lifetime, chisel a little here, rub it, stand back and look at it. Year after year after year he worked on it. Finally, when it was completed... And he stepped back and laid down his rag and his hammer. He looked at the statue. It was so perfect. The image of Moses that he had in his heart till he got so beside himself, he grabbed the hammer and struck it on his feet. It's called Michelangelo's masterpiece. That great something in that sculpture that vision that he had of what Moses ought to be with was only portraying in type of the great Father God. He had in his heart before the foundation of the world a son because he is a father. But it was still in the genes of his word. And he created a man. And he had to put him on free moral agency. But that man fell. But the great sculpture God who made man from the dust of the earth, he didn't settle for that. He started making man again. And he made a Noah. He died drunk. He made a Moses that failed to keep his word. He made prophets that run in the time of trouble. And he kept building and molding until after a while, he wanted a, a masterpiece to reflect him, his nature, what was in his heart, what a son should be. One day down on Jordan, after that masterpiece had been formed and made, there he comes sending down in a, on the wings of a dove. He said, this is him. He was so enthused 
with this masterpiece until he struck him on Calvary. That he'd die for the rest of us is imperfect. That through the shedding of his blood, he might bring many masterpieces being a bride to his son. Masterpiece is God. Because the enthusiasm of God to see such a masterpiece, he struck him for us all. There he died. To perfect we who are imperfect. The masterpiece. Notice, in here he said, seven days shall you eat this unleavened bread. Now, bread is type. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Not just this word here and there. As denominations that have you believe it. But the word of God is perfect. It's God himself in letter form. Called a seed. And the right kind of unadulterated faith in that word will bring that seed to its life. That's exactly what you see at night in the discernments and all these other things because it's a promise that God made. And he stood by me and told me that. And told me these fakers would rise up and hold study. I believe it. And no selfish motive to hurt anybody, but to be reverent to God and to do the work that he called me to do. That's why I say these things. And God confirms it back and receives the offer and the sacrifice by vindicating it to be the truth. No question to it. Now, watch that word. Now we notice here, seven days. That's forever church age. Now, as that masterpiece had to die in order to be resurrected to redeem us all, then he had a church set in order at Pentecost. But that church had to go through a sacrifice. And the Roman world killed it. Put it in the ground. Is this author of this book, I can't think of it now, made so much fun of me. Instead of all of the devils, it's William Branham. See, uh, uh, that's what the devil tries to say. He said, visions and things, so that's of the devil. He said, or he's some kind of a hypnotist. Or working in superstition perception. The intellectual world always trying to figure it out. That's where they tried to figure out, Jesus, how do you do these things? What do I? He said, I'll ask you a question. Was the ministry of John the Baptist, was it of God or was it a man? Amen. said, we can't say, said, neither do I tell you. Amen. That's right. He went on. From henceforth, no man asked him anything. He just cut him off. He didn't tell him nothing about it. None of their business. He had a work to do and he finished it. God help us to do the same thing. We don't have to answer the devil's questions. That's right. If thou be, do so and so. You're responsible for that gospel. A preacher is, and that's all. Amen. Not how it's written, it's just responsible for sin. And as a servant, if you're a prophet, you're responsible to God. And if the visions that comes that lightens this scripture and shows what it is, you're responsible for every word that's in that Bible. Because it was all wrote for the same kind of people you are. God of old moved by the prophets and wrote the Holy, the Holy Bible. Amen. No genuine prophet of God could deny one word of it, but believe every word. Preach the same. 
And then God's obligated out of that channel to make that word come to pass just exactly the way it's promised. Amen. The seed will grow. Now, notice again quickly. We find here that all seven days that this bread was to be eaten through seven church ages. Now, when it had to die and go into the ground, this critic that talked about me said of a God that you people worship that could sit in the dark ages and watch them mothers pregnant, some of them little babies in their arms, sincere people be thrown into the arena and the lions tear them to pieces them screaming, hang them up on crosses and burn them, strip the women naked young virgins and throw themselves back like this and turn lions in on them. Instead of God that could sit in heaven supposed to be on his throne and look down and say he enjoys it. So then see, that's the intellectual conception, which is of the devil. If the man had been spiritual, he would have known that that corn of wheat has to die. It had to be buried in a Roman cathedral. But then the first little sprout of life come forth in the Reformation by Martin Luther that the just shall not live by a blessed kosher that a priest does, but by the word of God. The just shall live by faith. You put up two sprigs. The corn of wheat begin to grow. Then along come John Wesley and added to that. There was many as the others that swingly them come forth and denied the virgin birth and it just died down. But along come the Methodists, the apostles, the Paul, and the missionary days. And they preached sanctification out of the tassel. Then along come the Pentecostals in the shuck. So much to deceive the elected. Looks like a real grain of wheat. Opened up, there's no wheat at all. But the life's passing through the shuck. Now, have you noticed? Every three years after a, mission, a great meeting, what takes place? A denomination. This is 20 years. And no denomination. Dear dying lamb, may it never do that. If I go in this generation, may the people who believe this message never stand still for our denomination. God will, you'll die right in your track. Remember that the very hour that you mention denomination among you, I don't care how sincere you are, take man for your leaders to the Holy Spirit to confirm this word. That's the hour you die. Amen. The genuine seed cannot because there's nothing left at the seed. It's the same thing as back at the beginning. It's the bride that fell into the ground to bring forth the corn of wheat again. Notice, seven days shall you eat unleavened bread, and there shall be with the bride. Now, you people had that old shouting Methodist mother and so forth that you wonder if she didn't speak in tongues, she ain't going to be there. That's a lie. She was that same Holy Spirit that you have today. But it was in tossel form, not restoration of gifts. But all seven days, just eat the unleavened bread, the Word. Them back there that denominated, they're dead, they're stalk. They'll just be gathered and burned. But the life's going right on through. And what happens? All the life that was in the stalk, in the tossel, in the shuck, all winds up in the wheat. And that same Holy Ghost that brought Luther, brought Wesley, brought the Pentecostals, winds up in the bride at the resurrection. Seven days eat unleavened bread. No leaven shall be found amongst the bride. 
No honor, no word added, no nothing. Remember, one word caused every death. It's in the earth. Every illegitimate child was born because Eve, the first church, the bride of the first Adam, doubted God's word and accepted a denominational or intellectual or school exceptions of it because it was reasoned out that surely God is a good God. God is a good God, but He's also a just God. He must keep His word. School. She accepted it. That's where some of you seminary boys, no doubt a call in your life, but you run off to some Bible school that had this doctrine injected in you, and there's where you die. Same with God and His Word. They won't let you. You can't even go on to their congregation when He accepts you on the platform. So let them have it. Let the dead bury the dead. Let's follow Christ, the Word. Now, seven days, there shall be no eleven mixed in the bride, the church. Seven days. Now notice. Uh, uh, no, and there shall be no leaven, bread seen in thee, in all thy coast, seven days. The sacrifice here is a type, the bride coming forth from the sacrifice, which is Christ. Neither shall there be anything of the flesh which thou uh, sacrificed the first day at evening. And remember, remember how we just went through the church ages? The messenger to the church always comes just at the dying of the other church age. Always. The dying of the Pentecost brings forth the rapture of the bride. See? The dying of Luther brought forth Wesley. See? The dying of Wesley brought forth Pentecost. The dying of Pentecost brings forth the message now. Here, it's right here patterned all through the Scripture. There's not a scripture in the Bible what hooks right one with the other. See? All these types. I have no education, but I have the Holy Spirit that shows me through another channel to teach it from, from nature. That's by the Word. It has to be the Word. Things is promised. Flesh. The sacrifice, the first day, even remain all night until the morning. Now, even Luther, who had the truth, and taught the church the just should live by faith, you don't want to hang on to that being the full doctrine in the Methodist age. What shall you do? Burn it with fire. What was the type of? The denomination comes out of that work is the shuck, the stalk, the husk must be burnt with fire. That denominational part that it comes through must not remain. Got to die. Don't leave it till the breaking of another age. Bring it up! He's talking now to the bride here. Just the bride coming up through every age. Notice how beautiful. The Lamb's blood. These are Christ's body, the sacrifice. The Lamb's blood on the door. Now remember, the Lamb was slain, which was a type of Christ. Oh, we could take plenty of time, but I haven't got just a few more minutes to stay here. I may just have to stop and start up again tonight. See, because it's taking too long. It's I got twenty pages of this in here notes on this one subject. Notice now on this the the Lamb was Christ 
in figurative form. Or did I say that right? Type. Christ was the Lamb. He was to be a male, the first from the old mother, Yo. Or you, whichever one you choose to call it. It must be her first. And he must be tested first. To see if there is a blemish on him. Now, Christ was tested, the lamb, first from the mother, Yo, Mary, the virgin, and was tested by what? Satan against the word. When he hit Eve, she fell. Hit Moses, he fell. But when he flew up against Christ and tried to quote the scripture to him wrong, He found out that that wasn't Moses. <laughs> he was tested. What did he turn around? He said, If thou be the Son of God. Now they tell me you perform miracles. And they tell me that the Messiah is to do that. Now if it is, you're hungry. You haven't eaten. Turn these bread into, uh, these stones into bread and eat. He said, It is written. <laughs> Man shall not live by bread alone. Your creed, so forth. But by what? Every word, a part of the word, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, that's what man lives by. See, the lamb was tested. See if there's anywhere he had fallen. The Pharisees, oh, Rabbi, you young prophets, we think you're wonderful. You're good. Why call thou me good? There's only one good, and that's God. You believe that? Oh, yes, God. Well, I'm he then. <laughs> He said there's only one good. Why are you calling me good when you don't believe I'm God? <laughs> so why are you calling me good? What makes you do that? What inspires you to say that? When you know there's only one good and that's God. We know our respect's not the dignity of man or the word or the position. We know that. Try it. He knows that hypocrite. Amen. He was tested to see where he was standing. They tested in every manner. Tested like we are tested. But there was no giving in to him at all. No, sir. That was the Son of God. And the Lamb was tested and was kept up for 14 days. That was two Sabbaths or two ages. Once for the Jews, which they offered the Lamb in type. Once for the Gentile, who has the real Lamb. And all of them was made perfect by believing this Lamb would come. But he was tempted. 14, or examined 14 days. He was the Word. You can examine the Old Testament that condemns the New. You're wrong. The Old Testament only bears record of the New. A man was going to challenge me not long ago. said, what's the matter with him? said, well, he even teaches out of the Old Testament. <laughs> A Christian preacher, think of that. said, the Old Testament's dead and gone. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's only a schoolmaster. It shows what's wrote on the wall. That's right. Now, see, 14 days it was tested. That was Christ. Now notice. Then he was killed in the evening time. Should be killed. The lamb was. Christ died in the evening time. The afternoon. And then notice. Then he was also, the blood was to be put on the doorpost. See, which the blood is the life of the animal. 
Thou shalt eat the flesh thereof, but the blood thereof, which is the life, pour down. See? It was to be, the blood was to be put on the little of the doorpost of the house wherein the sacrifice was accepted. What is the life? The name. The, he placed the name of the person, go up to the door and you look to see what name's on the door before you ring the bell. See? The blood was put on the lintel of the door as a type of what the sacrifice was on the inside. Now we're going to find the place of worship. Right through there. Coming through that blood. Notice, the blood on the door was speaking the name of what was going what was on the inside. They were in there. Our place of worship. The Lamb is the Word. We know that. Now verse 4. Notice, leave no bread... Leave none of the sacrifice, or take one from one age to another. Try to go back and say, well, now, we're Lutherans. We want to come up here, and you've got to die to the Lutheran age to be born in the Wesley age. You have to die in the Wesley age to be born in the Pentecostal age, and you have to die in the Pentecostal age. <laughs> Leave nothing of it left. Burn it with fire, because it's going to be burnt like the stalk that the wheat comes up out of The stop, the denomination, it's got to be burned. So don't bring your denomination over in the new message. This is the word now. That's what denominated the stalk. It carried it. That's right. But it come over into here. Then the stalk dies. It was a carrier, the denomination. But the word goes right on. The word goes right on. Now, take the fifth and the sixth verse. Notice, not, now let's take the fifth and the sixth verse. Thou mayest not sacrifice the Passover within any of the gates which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now remember, not in any of these gates the Lord permits you to have these denominations, these gates, but at the place which the Lord God shall choose to place His name in. That's the gate. The only place. Not in any of these gates, but God has a gate. You say, every morning I enter the Methodist gate. That's the church. Every morning, I go into the Catholic gate. Well, the Lord let his people go in and out them gates. God's got people in the Catholic church, Methodist church, Presbyterian church, all of them, Pentecostals, sure. But don't you don't worship the Lord in that gate. But the Lord has a certain gate. Glory. He has a gate. But at the place which the Lord, thy God, choose to place his name in, there shall thou sacrifice the Passover at evening. When did Rebecca find Isaac? When did Ella Ezer call her to be the bride? Evening time. It shall be life about the evening time. A way to glory you will surely find. In that waterway is a light today buried in the precious name of Jesus. Young and old, repent of all your sins. 
the Holy Ghost will surely enter in. The evening lights have come. It is a fact that God and Christ are one. That was the beginning of it. Now she's faded on into the bride light. See what I mean? I better close here. Start again tonight. Because I don't want you to leave this, you see. No, no, it's, it's, it's dinner time. Well, uh, I got too many notes over here. Oh, my. How about tonight? Would that be better? Well, if, if you want to just try a little further? All right, let's go a little further. Then we hurry right quick. How's that? Now, go in at the what? You shall not go into any gate that the Lord God has given you, but at the gate that the Lord will put His name in. Not go into the house of the of the gate which is the door. Is that right? God's going to put His name at the door. And you shall not, that's the gate that enters into the place of worship, the sanctuary. You don't go in there with your sacrifice to any of these gates, but in the gate that the Lord God chooses to put His name in. Now, as He did that, where is that gate? In St. John 10, Jesus said, I am the gate, the door. I am the door to the house of God. I am a door to the sheepfold. Not the goatfold, the sheepfold. I am the door to the sheepfold. A man may enter into this door, be safe. And now, we can linger a long time on that, but to save time, he is the door to that sheepfold. Now, we want to notice here, the shadows and types are really in view right here, but if I take that page, it's going to hold you a while. All right, notice, this brings in perfect view Jesus Christ. For all the Old Testament is type of Him, all the feasts, all the worships, and everything, and I've got wrote down here under these line of scriptures, explain it. That's where it take a long time. Explain how all the feasts, even the meal offering, was a type of Christ. Let's just take that one. One time there was a, a school called the School of the Ministers, or a School of Prophets. They trained up educated prophets. And there was a genuine God-called prophet one time. Went up to visit them. Well, they wanted to show the old prophet a little courtesy. So one of them went out and picked a big bunch of what he thought to be peas. But they were poison gourds. And he was going to feed them all on that. Oh, how many seminary lapfuls have we had? They're cooking up something. Got Methodist lapfuls, Baptist lapfuls, Pentecostal lapfuls. But you see, they are the second growth. The kind that can be pruned off the tree. Not in the main vine. Bearing lemons. Grapefruits and so forth, not oranges, but professing to be citrus. Notice, again, now in this, in this, when Elijah come around and looked at him and seen that it was poison gourds that would kill every one of them, they said, alas, we got death in the pot. 
He said, bring me a handful of meal. And he threw meal into it. He said, now it's all right. Eat what you want. It changed death to life. And the meal offering that was given to Christ, he was the meal offering. And the meal offering must be ground with a certain burr that made every little chunk of meal the same. Shows that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same thing to put in your denomination and to live the Word. Christ is the Word. All the types of everything, the tabernacle, the, the, the shoe bread, everything, the broken kosher under the plate was his broken body that the Jews can't explain yet while they do it, see? And all these other things typed him. Now, then, him and you, we see now all denominations and creeds left behind. For he is the pure, unchangeable word of God, which is the unleavened bread. St. John 1. That's right. He's the unleavened bread. So when you add this or add that, it's a leaven added to that what's already been originally given for you. Look here. What's killing the race today? They take and hybrid things. And when you hybrid it, you kill it. Oh, it looks more pretty. Sure. Hybrid corn... Corn flakes, all the other cereals that comes out of corn, high big corn, great big nice long stalks, the great big ears, looks like twice as good as the other, but it's death. Science even found that out. See, don't cross it; it'll kill you. Now, let me show you. The other day, I was watering some flowers in my yard, and the lady had some hybrid flowers. That was in a little pot here, a little planter at the side of the house. We have to water them things at least three times a week or four, or they'll die. And there stood the original plant out in the yard, and it hasn't rained there for six months. Just as dry, if it rains in ten minutes, you can blow dust. But that little fellow laying out there, just prettier and brighter than the hybrid was with all the water. You keep that water off of him, you'll die. But where do you get his water? And another thing, you have to go all along spraying them every day or two to keep the lice off of them. But don't the lice will eat him up. He's so tender and soft. But the end allows still to get on that original. <laughs> no, no. You crawl up to him, crawl away. <laughs> He's original. See what the high breeding has done? That's the same thing in the church. They're trying to mix the denomination with the Word. To make the, try to make the Word say what the denomination says. And when you do that, you have to spray them and baby them and, and give them gold stars to come to Sunday school and everything else. Right. When a genuine, born-again Christian, born with the Word of God, he's rugged. The license and things of the world don't bother him. He's an eagle. He flies from a pastor. Soars in the heavenly. It is true. Nothing. Notice. Now we must understand that here the denomination creeds that anything that's added of the unleavened bread cannot mix with the unleavened bread. And the Bible foreshadows here in the sacrament 
of going into the worship that no honor living can be taken with you and God will receive it. You say, I'm Methodist, right there you die. I'm Pentecostals, you die. I am of Christ. Right? You've got to stand on something. That's right. You're, you're standing on something. Churchill once said, held up two fingers and said, we are got the victory. And England stood by that. They believed Churchill. And believe it or not, this morning you are standing by something. There's only one thing that you can live and stand by, and that's Christ, the Word. True. Notice, nothing in the Bible types the denominations but Babylon. And Babylon was founded by Nimrod. And Nimrod was a renegade. And he had a bunch of women in there were supposed to be his queens that was prophetess. They even think that old Balaam come from that section. They had roots and so forth. They worshipped, you know, many of you scholars that reading Hesop's two Babylons and so forth in the history of the church and how they, they did. And they had uh, women that done this and women of goddess and everything. And it was a forced religion. Everybody, every city around Babylon was compelled to come to Babylon to worship under Nimrod at the tower. That's right. They were forced to do it, the Babel. That's where the confusion comes. And that's exactly what the church is today. If you don't attend Sunday school, if you don't do this, they have to hire you to do this and do this and do that. You're out of the picture. Out there in Tucson, listening this morning. I once wondered, I'm always constraining people, go to church. No matter where you go, and I've seen the people kind of pulling back and going this way, and I thought, what's the matter? I went to some of them. The first day you're there, they'll approach you. Join our church. If you don't do it, you're not welcome. See? It's a forced thing. It's forced upon you. See? And that's Babylon. But in Christ, you come in by election. Not before. Your heart pulled you in. God did not put his name then in Babylon. Closely now. He cannot put his name in Babylon. The churches. Oh, they, they put his name in there. But he never. Now, you said, now, Brother Bram, wait, wait. You asked me to stay a little longer. Now, notice. They put his name in there, but he didn't. Now, he said, the place that I'm going to meet you and receive your sacrifice is where I choose to put my name. You come into this gate, this door, where I choose to put my name. There's where you come. Well, they put, this is the church of Christ. If there's anything that's wrong, and that declaration left out one word, anti. <laughs> All that he taught, they disagree with it. Modern Pharisee. But we must find where he did put his name. For in it is his only provided gate. Amen. 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 Glory. Watch. Where did he put his name? In his son. Oh, you said, now wait a minute, Brother Branham. That was the son, not the father. The son always takes the name of his father. 
and everything. I come to this earth in the name of a Branham because my father's name was Branham. Jesus said, I came in my father's name and you received me not. You want a scripture on that? St. John 5, 43. See, I, I came in my father's name and you received me not. Then the father put his own name, which is Jesus, in the Son. And He's the way. He's the door. He's the house. He's where God chose to put His name. God never put His name in me. He never put it in the church. He never put it in the Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, but He put it in Christ. The anointed Emmanuel and the name is in the Word because He is the Word. <laughs> what do you see then? The Word interpreted is the manifestation of the name of God. No wonder flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven has revealed this to you, who I am. And upon this rock I'll build my place of worship. And the gates of hell can't shake it down. Amen. Oh, living church of God, standing firm foundation on Jesus Christ alone. You can sing the song, but if you're not on Christ the Word, you're a teetering, faltering saint. But upon this rock, Christ, my Word, He built the Lutheran message. And they denominated it. It was growing the footstool. Then he growed up into the leg part, the Methodists, and so forth. There's where he built his church upon his word. Now he's not all foot or all thigh, he's the body. And now is the capping part. Did you notice in the pyramids? Which I don't preach a pyramid religion now, but the first Bible was ever wrote was wrote in the skies. Did you notice it? It starts off with the virgin. The first figure in the zodiac. The last figure is Leo the lion. He comes first by the virgin. He comes next as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Just before that, as cancer age, the cross fish. All the rest ages, if we had time to go through it, which we have at the tabernacle. In the pyramid, being those foundations, up into the king's chamber. And just before you hit the seventh wall, there's a little introduction plank there where a messenger comes out to bring you to the king. The messenger, John the Baptist, that introduced to the king. But the headstone was rejected. And they don't know the stone of scroll or whatever it is. They don't know where it's at because it's a rejected stone. But that's the stone that caps the whole thing that makes it appear made through the complete seven church ages. Add grace, add this, add this. There's seven adds. The last one is Christ. Add this to your charity, add grace to your grace, add something else and something else that gets up to Christ is the headstone. I am the door. Now, a son always comes in his father's name. Any son comes in his father's name. And Jesus said, I came in my father's name. Then what is the name of the Father? What is the name of the Son? And he said, A little while the world seeth me no more, yet ye shall see me. <laughs> He's coming in the form of the Holy Ghost. That's so name is Jesus. 
Somebody worship, oh, Jesus. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, it's Lord Jesus Christ. That's all. I come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. Now, remember, he also added here and warns us, another will come, a denomination, a creed. They'll come in their name, and you will receive them. You won't receive me, the word. Vindicated and proved before you as he was right then, so is he today. Don't you miss that people across this nation? Another will come, a church, and you'll believe that because you just do anyway. I won't vindicate it. He's never at any time ever vindicated anything in any church outside of the message that was given. Luther's justification, Wesley's sanctification, the Pentecostal restoration of the gifts. Ask it. And as soon as they make a denomination out of it, there it dies. Search the scriptures. But he said, I'll choose the place to put my name. And the name was Jesus. And Jesus is the Word. St. John 1. Is that right? That's the place of worship. In Christ, the Word. I come in my Father's name. The prophet said, His name shall be called Emmanuel. That's Matthew 1, 23. If you want to write that down. Jesus, Jehovah, the Savior. Now the fifth verse shows that He is the door. By now, many other invisible proofs, this gate and name and place can be proved to be there's only one place that God meets man to worship. And that's when He's in Christ. Now, now the question is, how do we get in Him? Now, this may pinch just a little bit. But you know, like taking medicine, if it don't make you sick, it don't do you no good. Amen. Now, the Luthers wanted to get in one way. But joining the Lutheran church. The Methodists wanted to get in by shouting. The Pentecostals want to get in by speaking in tongues. That still ain't it. You know, that's gifts. So forth. But 1 Corinthians 12 says, By one Spirit. Spirit of God, which is the life giver to the Word, the seed. To vindicate that seed for that season. See? Here's the Methodist age seed laying there. It's taken the Holy Spirit to make that seed come to life and pure, purify the church by sanctification. Luther didn't preach that because he didn't know it. The Pentecostals wanted to speak in tongues for the restoration of the gifts. Each one declares, that's it, that's it. See? But by one Spirit, we are all baptized into one body. And that body is a family. The family of God. And that's the house of God. And the house of God is the name of Jesus Christ. The name of the Lord is a mighty tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. Now, how are you going to come in by a title? How's your check going to be received by saying, uh, pay to the order of Reverend Dr. Uh, minister? <laughs> you might be a Reverend Dr. Minister. But the name of the Lord is 
Jesus Christ. See? I have chose to put my name at the door of the house of my worship. For my family will be gathered in there. Under the blood, like it was in Egypt. Anything outside died. And in there, there's no eleven bread. There's no denominational mixture in it anywhere. My house. My children. Born to my genes. Amen. Glory to God. My genes are in them. I put my word in them. I'll write them up on the tables of their heart. That's my family. The family of the body of Jesus Christ. The family. And this door you'll come in, not Methodist, Baptist, or Pentecostal, but in the door where I put my name. It ain't Methodist. God's name ain't Methodist. God's name ain't Pentecostal. God's name ain't Baptist. God's name ain't Catholic. Stay out of the doors, eh? But in a place where I choose to put my name. Now, there's not another place in the Bible given where that God ever put His name only in Jesus Christ. For He is the Son of God, taking the name of God and God's human name, and there's not another name given under heaven. Whereby you must be saved. I don't care. Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, catechisms, or whatever you want to do, only through the name of Jesus Christ. Wherever knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to it. Him being Lord. There's how you come in. And if you just baptize in water right way and then deny the word, then you're illegitimate. Your birth wasn't correct. You claim that you believe him and you deny him. How could I deny my family? Well, how could I deny Charles Brandon being my father? A blood test on the door shows it. <laughs> my action in the vindication of God's word in my life shows whether I'm a child of God or not. Now, there's God's only place. See it? The only place that God will receive your sacrifice, I don't care how sincere you are, is in Christ. And remember, you say, well, I believe that I come into. Remember, the Bible says, you say, well, the Bible said, whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, is saved, shall be saved. It says that. But remember, it also is written, also is written, no man can call Jesus the Christ only by the Holy Ghost. You might say he is, but he isn't until the Holy Spirit itself, which gives life to the Word, proves it by vindication that you are. That's the Scripture. The place that I chose to put my name. You shall not worship at any other gate. But in the gate I put my name in. Then I will receive you. You're in my family. Now, the family of God obeys the order of the father of the family. And he is the prince of peace, the mighty God, the everlasting father. And of his dominion and reign there shall be no end. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And him being governor, king, Emmanuel, first, last, 
Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, every one of His children obey every word to the order. Because they're a part of Him. We live in our home like Branham's live. You live in your home, the Joneses, like the Joneses live. And in the house of God, we live by the word of God and every one that proceedeth out of the mouth of God and any other fraud we won't listen to. Amen. You shall eat unleavened bread every church age, just as I give it to you. But don't try to go back and inject that over into this because it's coming to a stalk. You shall take the bones and things that's left over the sacrifice and burn them. Gone. The church age died. Went on. We're in another one now. Amen. The place I choose to put my name in. Oh, my. 1 Corinthians 12. Notice. Ephesians 4.30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the next revival. Until the day of your redemption, Amen. grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of your redemption. Now notice, let's apply that to our scripture lesson. Then we better go. I think I'm wearing the people out. People getting up and going home. See, so they got, they got dinner cooking and somebody there woke me. They didn't expect to come down here to listen all day long. But look, you know the... <laughs> Then, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Ben. I love you, Brother Ben. If you know what that boy suffered for us in that war, he shot all the pieces and blowed up and everything else, and he's had a life of everything. But God's blessed him. He stayed true. His wife left him, run away, and married again. Took his children. I just can't think about it. But anyhow, God bless you, Ben. He's laying right now full of shrapnel. Pressing against his nerves and everything else. You have to know the background of things. God bless that boy. Yes. Whereby you're sealed until the day of your redemption. Notice. Now this might pinch just a little bit. But notice. Don't fall out with me. Just remember. When Israel once looked on that door. With that blood on the door of the name. The blood of the life. And entered in under that blood, they never went out again until they went out of Egypt. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you go in and don't go out anymore until the day that you are redeemed. Well, the Bible's always right. You put words in there, you've got to place it out where it goes to make it make the whole picture of redemption. See? Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed until your redemption. Amen. You're reading, you're sealed in there, you're beneath the blood. Amen. You don't go out no more. And then what are you? God's son in God's family, sealed in by the Holy Spirit. The devil couldn't get you if he had to. For you are dead. Your old husband part is dead. And you are buried. And your life is hid in God through Christ and sealed by the Holy Ghost. How's he going to get you? How are you going to get out? You're there. Glory. Now I'll leave that alone. This is enough so you know what I'm talking about. Then a new creation. 
Not to a denomination, but to the Word. You're a creation of the Word. Because the foundation stone was laid in you before the foundation of the world. Predestinated to be sons and daughters of God. And upon this comes stone upon stone in each age to vindicate that word that's coming up. This is exactly as Jesus did in his age, which is the capstone of it all. In him laid every age. In Jesus was Moses. In Jesus was David. In Jesus was the prophets. Is that right? Look at Joseph. Sold for almost 30 pieces of silver. Throwed in, supposed to be dead. Taken out, went and gunned the right hand of Pharaoh. Look, exactly Jesus was... More, uh, Joseph was in Jesus. And when he come, he was the fullness of the king's prophets. Hallelujah. The Godhead bodily rested in him. He come to redeem out of there a bride, a masterpiece. A masterpiece that says to Satan that when he says days of miracles he passed, there's no such a thing as these things you're talking about. Get thee behind me, see. A masterpiece standing in a garden. Sometime the capstone will return, the head of all of it, and receive the bride into himself, which the woman is tucked from the man, a part of the man. The very chains of the man is in the woman. What makes the woman? That's where the word of God is in the church. What makes the church the bride? Not a denomination. That's of the devil. Every one of them. I ain't calling the people in there that. They are poor, deceived people. Like Jesus said, blind leading the blind, and he could not call them out. And they said, well, you are born to fornication. Who tells you to come to you? What school, what seminary recognized you? So we have Moses. We know. He said, if you'd have known Moses, you'd know me. Because <laughs> Moses wrote him in his four books. The Lord your God shall raise up a giver of the word, a prophet. Like unto me, and who will not hear that prophet will be cut off from amongst the people. That's all it's doing. And what is he? The Word. And what is it? Don't leave none of the leaven left in the... You're going to put no leaven amongst it. Don't add any creed, any denomination, for it's polluted right there. Your sacrifice is finished. Let's hurry now, right quick. So he go eat. Notice. Now, then, you are a son of God in the house of God. You are a part of God's economy. Romans 8, 1. Then there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. For they are dead to the world, alive in Him, and living in this present day, making the word that God has used them, from, or foreordained them, placing their name in this bride book. And when the waters comes upon that seed that's in the heart, raises it up to the bride of Christ. Ooh, wow. As perfect as it is indeed. In every age, it's been that way. The Lutherans under justification, the feet raised it like that. Wesley under sanctification, the Pentecostals under the arms, the works and deeds and so forth. Had to be Calvinist, or had to be uh, Armenian, had to be legalist. But now we come to the head, the capstone. Grace, grace, the capstone cried. The headstone crying, what? Grace, grace. Passed from death and creed into a living word of the living God. God's only provided plan for his age, his sons in the word age. Quickened by the spirit, like a spark that's lit off of something to make it alive. And seated now in heavenly places in present tense. 
is subject to every promise in the world. Then what does that do? You being a part of God's gene, a part of the Word, other being a part of God's Word, seated together, manifest the entire body of Christ because there's no leaven among you. See what he's talking about, Brother Brown? No leaven among you. Just the Word only. Seated in heavenly places in the door where he put his name, Christ Jesus. No leaven among you. That brings the entire fullness of the Godhead bodily among you. Couldn't do it Luther's age. Couldn't do it Wesley's age. Couldn't do it Pentecostal age. But in the day when the Son of Man will be manifested, revealed, brought back the church together with the entire deity of God amongst His people, showing the same visible signs manifesting Himself like He did at the beginning. When He was manifested on earth in a form of a prophet God. Glory! Promise from Malachi 4. Promised by the rest of the scriptures. Where you worship at? The house of God. Seated in present tense. Now, quickly let us look just real fast now. And then going about uh, 10 minutes we'll be gone. Lord willing. Now let us look at some that has been quickened into this house of God. Of their age. Enoch. In 10 minutes we'll go if you can just suffer that much longer. Look, Enoch was a living word of God at his age. He was a prophet. A prophet is God's reflector. How many knows that? The the reflector doesn't reflect itself. The The reflector isn't the reflection. There has to be something strike the reflector to make it reflect. So a prophet is a chosen vessel of God that cannot reflect nothing at all, but he's in direct line with that reflection God to reflect the image of Christ the Word. You are a reflector. That's the reason the prophet had to eat the book. That's the reason he had to eat the scroll. He had to reflect that Word for that age. You got it? Notice, Enoch, God's perfect reflector and type, when God was through with him, he just translated you. Talk him up. The mechanics that he had reflected become dynamics with the Spirit and tuck him up. Same in the days of Elijah. Elijah, even to his bones, were that reflection, reflector of God in his body being made manifest, the Word of God. They laid a dead man on it. <laughs> He sparked the life again. We are flesh and bone of Him as long as we are the bride of Christ. Do you believe that? All right. He died for us and we died to ourselves and are buried in His name that we will no more be of the world but in Him. Of which both the family in heaven is named after Jesus Christ. That's Ephesians 1.21. For both heaven, the family in heaven... What's the family in heaven name? Jesus. What's the family on earth name? Well, that's the house of God where the blood's at. Is that right? That's the door. That's the gate. That's the place He put His name. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. It's the Word. Reflecting and sparking off the age that you're living in. That's what He was. That's what Moses was. That's what Jacob was. That's what the rest of them was. Sparking off 
that Word of God, the reflector that God was reflecting Himself, and come to that perfect image of God, Jesus Christ, God's masterpiece, was struck that He might take the rest of them for a bride that's been reflectors. Moses was in Him. Joshua was in Him. And if you are in Him, you was in Him before the foundation of the world, the family of God. You suffered with Him. You died with Him. You went to the cross with Him. You raised with Him. And now you're still with Him, sitting in heavenly places, reflecting the message of the age to the world. The light of the world. Ye are the light of the world. But if it's hid by a denominational bushel basket, how are they going to see it? For your traditions, you make the light of no effect. By trying you denominationals, trying to keep the light away from your church, you won't go in neither with it them. Amen. Let's just stop. My, I got too much here. We, we didn't come on. Oh, my. Five minutes we got. You see who the door is? Where did God put his name? In Jesus. How do you get, isn't that, how do you get in there? By being baptized in there. How by? Water. By spirit. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. That's Holy Ghost baptism. A water baptism is put you in fellowship with the people. As you recognize that you have accepted Christ. That's the truth. But a spirit baptism. I can call the name of Jesus over you and baptize you. That doesn't make it so. But when once that Holy Spirit, really genuine word comes into you. The word Jesus. Then, brother, the message is no secret to you then. You know it, brother. It's all lit up before you. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I love him. supply from that masterpiece. Redeeming love has been my theme. How can you? God is love. He that loveth is of God. Divine, holy love, not dirty love. Clean, pure, holy love. Love of God, the Word. Thy laws have I hid in my heart that have sinned not against thee. Oh my. That David crying out. Isn't he wonderful? Don't you love him? Now, there is a way, a pure, holy way, a only meeting place that God will meet you, not because you say, God, now I'm a good Methodist, I'm a good Baptist, I'm a good Pentecostal. No, because that you are in Jesus, the Word. The part of the Word is being manifested today. This day's message, not Luther's, Wesley's, Pentecostal. But your Jesus, the reflection that has come up into this, you can't go back to that. That's adding leaven to your holy bread. 
that man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God in its season. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, the great headstone. Look laying yonder the dust of them Lutherans that died back under under Mortimer. Look at them Methodists, those Pentecostals and so forth coming up now. That real strain to come out. You assemblies of God went and organized when the very thing God brought you out of, you turned right back like a hog to its water. You oneness, united, the old J.C. of Pentecostal assemblies of Jesus Christ, one for the colored and separated yourselves because of segregation. You that did that and then united yourself and called united and then organized and first up the assemblies as a dog turns to its vomit. If the vomit made the dog sick in the first place, won't it make him sick again? Change your diet from your denomination to the Word. Live with Christ. Shame on you. I've got a father over yonder. I've got a father over yonder. I've got a father over yonder. On the other shore, some bright day I'll go and see him. Some bright day I'll go and see him. Some bright day I'll go and see him. On the other shore, oh, won't that be a happy meeting? Won't that word goes to word? The meeting when the bride goes up word by word. The meeting on the other shore. Oh, that bright day may be tomorrow. That bright day may be tomorrow. That bright day may be. Tomorrow on the other shore. You say you mean that, Brother Ram? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When the Lutheran of that age, the Wesleys of their age, the Pentecostals of their age, the true ones, not the denominationals, the Pentecostals, the one that added 11, the denomination died. But this true word moving on. See, just like Jesus said, at that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And I in you and you in me. It's all the word. Oh, won't that be a happy me? When his sons gather to his chains. Happy me. Won't that be a happy me? On the other shore. A church, we're teaching now. But remember, when you leave here, Start moving out of the shuck now. You're going into the grain, but lay in the presence of the Son. Don't add what I said. Don't take away what I said. Because I speak the truth as far as I know it as the Father has given to me. See? Don't add to it. Just say what I said. The thing is, just tell the people to come seek the Lord Jesus. And then you yourselves lay right in His presence. Just make love to Him. Oh, Lord Jesus, Son of God. I love you. Tender my heart, Lord. Take away all the filth and love of the world and let me live holy in this present world before you. Shall we bow our heads for prayer? Now, let's see. Has we got anybody chosen to dismiss in prayer? Or I will then. Be real reverend. Dear God, we thank you that we have had our spiritual... Uh, 
diet. We thank you, Lord, that the vitamin of the Word grows sons of God. It does not affect on any other type of character. Only on sons and daughters of God. So we thank you for it. And we pray, God, that we will profit therewith. That we will not only think we, we thank you for it, but may we use the strength to try to, by love, persuade people to believe in our God. The way we're just sinners. The women, the man, the boys, the girls in this age. Seeing, Lord, that the mental conditions, the nervous age that the people's living in is driving them out of their minds to exactly fulfill what the Scripture said and promise that great hideous things that come up on the earth like locusts to haunt the women that cut their hair. They'll have long hair like a woman. And different hideous sights that they'll be able to see, Lord, in that mental deluded conditions they're in and is screaming for the rocks and the mountains. Women who would mother dogs and cats and not raise children to honor you. Those that you did give children to and they did conceive them, turn them loose on the streets to do as they want. No wonder you said, Lord, when you were going to the cross, then they'll begin to cry for the rocks and the mountains to fall on. We see every other thing moving right up to this time. We see the Scripture being vindicated, proved. And just as we see that, Lord, you with our own eyes being made manifest, someday there will be a rapture. And we'll see the manifestation of that word. For the Son of Man shall come into the clouds of glory with his holy angels with him. And we'll be caught up to meet him in the air. It will then, we've heard here of it now, then we'll see it with our own eyes. May we be found in Him, the only provided place, and He is the sacrifice. We bring Him, what we've heard about, Jesus Christ, into the house of God by the baptism of the Holy Ghost through the name of Jesus Christ. And there our sacrifice is accepted, and we're brought into the family because yet straying out in the world, we were ordained sons and daughters of God before the foundation of the world. Thank you for that, Father. Oh, how could anyone ever turn back on something like that? When they found the truth that God has selected them out of the world. There were millions lost the day that I was saved. Oh, dying lamb. How can I ever thank you? How can my heart ever be reverent enough before you? Help me, dear God, to live true. Help my people to live true. I pray for them, Lord, every one, that you are... God, somehow, I don't, I wouldn't know, I don't know just how to ask, Lord. And uh, maybe I'm not even asking that in the right manner, but you forgive my ignorance, Lord, and just look at my heart. I pray that not one of them will be lost. Not one of them, Father. I claim them, every one, for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I If you love him, you love one another. Shake one another's hand.